You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to PMS, Pet Marketing Strategies for the Petpreneur on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Karen Barnett, and thank you all very much for joining me. Today is the launch of PMS. I know it is a bit of a strange sounding name and it's a bit of a strange sounding show on Pet Life Radio. But believe me, there is nothing more strange to me than a marketing person getting into the pet business who does not know marketing strategy and how to negotiate the web or social media, Google, Facebook, search engine optimization, and let's not forget about the basics traditional marketing, public relations, advertising, or how to build a business plan for the pet industry. So how do you get into the pet business and get the word out there about your business? Word of mouth, that's a mouthful. Well, today I'm going to introduce you to a woman who knows a bit about all of the above and how to become successful in the pet industry in a very short amount of time. That's Jennifer Cristiano. She's owner of Bon Cristiani a fine handmade big dog collars for big dog breeds and jewelry for their owners or companion friends. And we'll welcome her when we get back to PMS on Pet Life Radio in just a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Well, welcome back to PMS Pet Marketing Strategies for the Petpreneur on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Karen Barnett, and I'm very excited to be here today with Jennifer Cristiano of Bon Cristiani. Hi, Jennifer. How are you doing? Hi, Karen. I'm really glad to be on your show. Thank you for oh, having me. It's my pleasure. I'm very excited to talk to you today. As all our listeners are very excited, I'm sure, to hear about how you've become a success in the marketplace in a very short amount of time, particularly with your high-end product of collars for big dog breeds. Why don't you describe what they look like and the product price point because they are expensive. I think they start at about $300 and some of them go up to nearly $500. And yet you sell them extremely well. And there's a secret behind that. And I know that everybody's going to want to know how you're doing that. Well, first of all, let me describe the products as you requested. 
they are collars built specifically for large dogs because we have an 85-pound German Shepherd, and when I searched the marketplace for a collar for him, I couldn't find anything that I liked, anything that was distinctive and sufficiently rugged to withstand the very outdoorsy lifestyle that we lead. So I decided to create something of my own. I had also spent a couple of years when I was a graduate student at the Oriental Institute at the University of Chicago, photographing royal Nubian jewelry and other artifacts, and I wanted to get in touch with my artistic side, so I decided to create some jewelry and collar that would match so that he and I could be the team that we are. It wound up being a Celtic theme. It looks and has the feel, has the hand of fine leather and backed by fine suede, but it's bio-imitative, it's cruelty-free and very long-lasting. And I put it together with equestrian-grade buckles, and I have my Celtic-style hardware hand-cast by Sun Valley Bronze. And the collars themselves are put together by a local leather master leather worker here in Boise, Idaho. And the pewter pieces for decor are hand-spun by a family that works in pewter here in Boise, Idaho. Everything is very much a handmade family affair. These are all handcrafted in the United States by small traditional craftspeople, which is part of the reason, a big part of the reason for the expense, because hand labor is expensive, and everything is put together custom. So that does increase both the expense and the value of the pieces. We also use historically correct gemstone cabochons. So again, that adds to the expense. We start at just over $300, and our most expensive one, is approximately $450. And yes, we do, we do custom work as well. I also do several jewelry pieces. I hope to be expanding that line. Right now we have just a few jewelry pieces. But again, they're handmade in silver and bronze, which is an unusual material. Everything is hand cast here in Idaho. And it is solid. And everything is, again, made to custom order. So there are several things that one needs to do in order to start a business if one is going to be a success. May I talk for a moment about what I consider the four pillars of success? Absolutely. The first pillar is make sure that you have an absolute, deep, driving passion for your product and for creating a business. Because business goes up, business goes down. You face all types of unexpected challenges, some triumphs, many challenges, And if you don't have the absolute conviction of your product and the absolute desire to create it and sell it, you're going to get discouraged. The many things that come up, at times it's easy to say, this is just too much. I'm going to throw in the towel. But if you have that deep desire and belief in your product, you'll keep going because in the end, what you really want to do is sell that product and bring it out to the public and express yourself and say, here I am, world. And that's what keeps you going. The second pillar of success is to have a partner, or preferably multiple partners. In my case, my primary partner is my husband, who funded me, who gave me the thumbs up, who has been supporting and encouraging me all the way, and who helps me with some aspects of the business that I'm not so great at. Because one of the mistakes that I have found is that just because you can make the product, that doesn't mean you can run the business. Running a business and making a product are two totally different things. They require two totally different sets of skills. You know, Jennifer, some people would argue vehemently against having their husband as their partner. In some cases, it doesn't work. I'm not saying that it's always, that the spouse is always the right person. You have to have someone. 
This yes. is how it worked out in my case. Another another set of people who have helped me tremendously were the people at SCORE, which is, oh gosh, I forget what S-C-O-R-E stands for, um, Service Cadre of Retired Entrepreneurs, I think it's what it stands for. Mm-hmm. That's right. SCORE and, yes. <laughs> and my local um, my local business uh, business entrepreneurs help off to be at the local university, and I use the free services of both organizations in order to help me develop the business plan, refine the product, get comments and feedback, and so forth. Everybody needs help. I just brought a new team on board because I want to expand. I've got some new glass items, and I want to continue to develop and refine what I'm doing. So I've just brought a new team on board. You're always going to be looking for that extra help and those extra partners. Number three, make sure you're properly capitalized. Everything is going to cost twice as much as you expected. So count everything twice and then double or triple that amount. And that's what you're going to need just to get started. And then don't forget, Success doesn't come overnight. All businesses go up and down. This recession has been very difficult. So make sure you've got some good source of capitalization because it's going to cost more than you think. And the fourth pillar is put your ego aside. Everything is going to change. When I first started, I wanted a completely different name and logo. A series of events happened that said, gee, maybe this name and logo isn't the best. So I changed it. Everybody was much happier. Things will come, things will go. I'm actually starting the process of designing some new packaging because the new consulting group pointed out where my current packaging is good, but it might not quite fit in some ways, and they presented an alternative. Well, I like my current packaging. It's handmade paper. However, I really have to consider what they have to say because they are experts, and I like what they presented. So that's an example of where... Everything that we do is subject to change. And if you're going to get into this and say, it's got to be this way, it's got to be that way, you're going to find that you're going to hamper yourself. Because when good ideas come along, you must be able to grab them. You must be able to put aside what you liked before and embrace the new. So I would say those are the four pillars of success. Well, there's certainly outstanding recommendations. And I think that you have put your finger on the pulse of what people need to know when they enter the marketplace. And most people don't realize the amount of money that they have to put aside. They don't realize the time that they have to invest in waiting for a return on the investment. They don't realize that they have to be flexible and that they have to have an open mindset and that they have to be prepared for change, like you've said. And I love the way you said, put your ego aside, because if they are going in this project with one focus and only one focus, they may be destined right off the bat for failure. How long have you been in business? Well, we opened our web doors for business last January, January of 2009. So you you have had a very fast streak to see a return on investment. And that is a very quick, when we talked earlier, return on investment in a troubled marketplace You've seen. Oh, it's, getting, it's getting there. I won't fool the listeners and say, yes, we're, we're turning a huge profit and so forth. It takes time to do that. But getting to the point where you are starting to see a return, that in itself is quite an achievement. And again, we haven't been in business for 20 or 30 or 50 years. But there are many businesses that have gone under in just the time that I've been in business. 
Um, I've seen a number, well, here in Boise is a very good place for that. We have a very high business turnover. And I know of people who have started their businesses around the time that I did in other industries, and they're out of business. And we're kind of poised for more growth and so forth. So, yes, it does take a while. And it depends on, again, for the product and the positioning and so forth. I'm not going to tell the listeners that, yes, we're, you know, we're turning huge profits and so forth, but if you can get yourself out in the market, known and selling and starting that return in two years, that is large. The standard is, wait, you're going to have to be in business at least three years. That's right. Well, uh, when we come back, we're going to take a short break here. But when we come back in a few minutes, we're going to continue our talk with Jennifer. And we're going to learn a little bit more about when she started, what marketing strategy she used, what tactics she used when she entered the marketplace. But right now, we're going to take a quick break. And then we'll be back with Jennifer Cristiano of Bone Cristiani. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Well, welcome back to PMS, Pet Marketing Strategies for the Petpreneur on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Karen Barnett, and I'm here today with Jennifer Cristiano of Bone Cristiani. Welcome back, Jennifer. We're having a great conversation about your product line, Bone Cristiani, and how you've been successful in entering the marketplace and just under, we're coming up on the uh, year, and... Um, I'd like to know how you poised yourself for growth in the marketing arena, what tactics you used entering the marketplace in the digital marketing arena. So how did you first start with a website and how did you get that off the ground? Well, yes, Karen, I did start with the website, largely because the website reaches a global audience and it is a very inexpensive way, relatively speaking, to reach out to the greatest number of people. Also, the luxury market is has been slow to embrace web marketing. So by being on the web with expensive items, you put yourself a bit ahead of the curve. Now, I have had what I think is a typical experience with web marketing, and that is having some difficulty getting my website up, getting my website working. 
I would like to say to the other entrepreneurs out there, if you're experiencing difficulty with working on your website, with getting an appropriate website, with having a webmaster who knows what they're doing, you're not alone. I've been experiencing all of those sorts of issues from what I hear from other people, from what I understand from our conversations, Karen. Just about everybody has that problem. So when you develop a website, realize that it's not going to be a final product. It's not going to be exactly what you want. You are going to find out down the line, as I have and as I've talked about in my four pillars, you're going to have to change some things. And I have gone through some changes. I'm going to be going through additional changes as I get feedback on what works and what doesn't work. The foundation for good marketing today, especially for the entrepreneur on a budget, is to have a website and to continually monitor that site for activity and search engine optimization and to keep one's eyes out for alternative or additional people to help with the site because working the site is a trick unto itself. You have to know what you're doing and most of us really don't so we rely on web people and most of the web people aren't that great. Chances are you're going to get someone who doesn't work out that well the first time, the second time, maybe even the third time. <laughs> it's just natural. It's part of the learning curve. It's part of the expense curve. So keep at it. Don't get discouraged. But definitely have a presence on the web. Another good thing to do, something that has helped me a great deal, is to create product that you're going to be giving away in well-liked or high-profile ventures. For example, this has been my second year of making prize callers for America's Top Dog Model Contest. America's Top Dog Model is a really fun contest run by a wonderful woman. gets a huge response nationwide. And by donating a caller to the contest, to the winner, I get the free advertising in the America's Top Dog Model newsletter, as well as publicity photos and so forth. So, yes, it costs, but it buys also. I've donated collars to the Ruffhausen Barking Boutique uh, Grand Opening Charity Auction event in Los Angeles. I've donated to the uh, Rochester Fur Ball. I've donated co collars and prizes to a number of different types of charity organizations. They all have to do with rescuing stray animals or helping the dogs in some way. And I found that those have brought in a great amount of very positive publicity. Also. I've gotten a little bit of free advertising in some of the national magazines because I happen to know the owners. And I've also submitted a number of articles on the web and in other places talking about aspects of what I'm doing, whether it's creating pieces uh, by hand and, and doing the handmade thing or about uh, the relationship between business and charity because 5% of my profits do go to Kindness Ranch Humane Society. I believe very much that business ought to be also about philanthropy. And by donating and writing and getting my name out there, I've attracted some businesses that have had an interest in carrying my product so I don't have to do all the work myself. And that has been a real help. So if visitors are interested, they can go to the dogcollarboutique.com and see my collars for sale there on their website. So those are some of the strategies that I've used. I've also had a couple of brick-and-mortar ventures. Uh, one was at the Chisholm Gallery, the Chisholm Art Gallery in New York. 
unfortunately, the owner, Jane Chisholm, has had to close it down, and she has now more of a traveling set of a few artists that she brings around. So a number of us lost our home there. But that mm. was an example of a place with a high-end gallery where the owner contacted me through my website, loved my products, and displayed them and sold them in her gallery. So there are a number of options, and I would encourage all the entrepreneurs, first of all, again, to have that website. It's very central. And then to donate and to make contacts. One other thing that I forgot to mention, Karen, is through LinkedIn and other websites where professionals get to meet professionals. I meet more people and get more inquiries through that one particular social networking site than anything else. Honestly, I've used Facebook, I've used Twitter. Personally, I'm concerned about some of the security issues on Facebook and some of the other social networking sites. And I'll be honest, Twitter drove me crazy. There was very little value other than getting out tweets about different connections to people that was happening on Twitter. Now, people find Twitter to be an avenue of sending out links where people can look up different links. But unless you really have a staff of people that can keep up that avenue continuously, it's very difficult to maintain that. So from that standpoint, I think for a smaller entrepreneur, a more efficient way is to use LinkedIn or some of the other social networking sites. Yes, that's what I found. Use the type of social networking that allows you the time to sit down when you have time, think about what you want to say, and also that brings in information to you that you can use. For example, on LinkedIn, I get headlines about what's going on in the fashion industry and what's going on in the luxury pet industry, things that are relevant to me. Twitter was loaded with things that had no bearing on my business or my interests. And I had to spend a lot of time sorting through to find those one or two tweets that would have any value for me. And again, being a solo entrepreneur still at this point, I did not have the time and patience to do that. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't feel that people were listening on Twitter. Now, other people have different experiences. And I'm just, I have been working on a political campaign and a candidate has been using Twitter and finding that she's been getting a tremendous amount of feedback from it. So for different people in different situations, it may be the right thing to do. Again, each person has to experiment, find out what they're facile with, find out where the returns come in, and make their own decisions. So there's no one right way. The right way is the right way for you. Before we wind down our conversation, I know that you're going to be introducing a line of artisanal glass bowls for dogs yes. and actually for cats. Yes, yes. We're going to expand into that arena as well. So that's very exciting. So why don't you tell me and the listeners a little bit about what these glass bowls are going to be like and how you're designing them. And I think it's all going to be very exciting. And I know that I'm going to be lining up for them as well. <laughs> so, and as well, I, I already have my order in for, for my dog collar. I've got that already picked out. So you're going to be at least very busy with my orders, Jennifer. <laughs> So. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. See how this works? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You see, I'm, I'm, spread, I'm spreading the love here. So, Absolutely. Okay. Well, I was very fortunate to find, through personal connections, a woman here in Boise 
who is a well-known glass artist. She was from Las Vegas, and she has done glass for the Bellagio and many of the casinos, and she comes from a long line of artists and glass people herself. She and I got together, and being hopeless artists and very creative, we started talking about doing things for dogs in glass, and my husband had made a suggestion about doing feeding dishes. Now, we know, we all know people who have those small dogs who have everything, who are pampered, mm-hmm. and we need to get something new for them. Well, the industry is moving towards creating feeding dishes and other accoutrements that are more artistic, that aren't merely functional, more than just a basket with a cushion or a, a crockery bowl on the floor, things that are beautiful as well as functional. So when Caroline showed me what she had done with some of her other glass items, I thought, okay, we're going to put together some absolutely beautiful handmade artisanal glass feeding dishes for those dogs who need something extra and for the owners who want something beautiful in their home, not Mm -hmm. just stainless steel. So we are in the final stages of making a line of bowls for dogs and cats made out of handmade art glass. That some of them, some of them are a little bit more standard shaped, but some of them are absolutely unique. They are our designs, and they are designed to look gorgeous, to be sturdy, and to be something that you are going to want to feed your dog or cat in, not just a bowl to put the slop in, but a dish for your treasured pet to dine from. We see the Little Caesars commercials where the cat has the bowl of food in a crystal dish. Right. Well, that's the idea that I'm bringing with Bon Cristiani. These are not just bowls to put the slop in. These are fine, handmade glass objects of art from which to feed the dog. And I suspect that people are going to be purchasing them for their own use. <laughs> and they're going that's... to be personalized as well. So when you tell I... us what you want them for and, and the pet's name, we will be able to put that in gold or silver right into the dish so that your pet knows that's their piece, not yours, well, hands off. You know what, Jen? I think the first order will be one, and it will have Karen Barnett's name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, I will be very happy to work with you and give you whatever you want. <laughs> and I think it will have lovely chocolate truffles in it. <laughs> supposed to. But trust me, I, I think that paws will be, I know, now, I don't want any of my dog lover parents to write into me, I know dogs cannot chocolate so believe me paws will not be eating the chocolates out of there but i must say i do have a dog that does try to eat anything no matter where it's located so in that regard i will make sure that it is absolutely edible for for my pets to eat because no matter what i put out they they manage to you know well they're quite large so they don't need to jump up on anything they, their heads reach the table without even trying so um, we all have to have you know safety foods put out everywhere so um, but the, the idea of chocolate truffles did sound very appealing <laughs> 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 Aaron, but, I will make one for you and one for them 
Oh, you're sweet. But anyway, I look forward to seeing the designs. And when you certainly get the artwork or the prototypes, we'll have to put them up on the Pause for Claws site and let everybody see them because they will be as magnificent as the collars. And um, But you're absolutely lovely to chat with. And I wish you the best of continued success. And you'll have to come back and, and tell us how things are going. I think that uh, you've done a, a really fantastic job of bringing these products to market and I know that um, hopefully soon it's wonderful that you have them made in, in the United States and that's terrific for the economy and terrific for getting certainly people here the work that they need and um, I think it's just uh, your operation is just as, as sensational as you are and we've really enjoyed talking with you today so on that note I think we've really run out of time here today on PMS pet marketing strategies for the petpreneur and it's been a wonderful launch to the show and I'm so thrilled to have shared it with Jennifer Cristiano of Bon Cristiani and it's been my pleasure to talk with you today. It's been a wonderful launch to the show on Pet Life Radio so thanks for joining me. It's Karen Barnett your host for PMS Pet Marketing Strategies for the Petpreneur on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com